I'm literally just hitting record because if I don't now, I'm never going to. Welcome to the Things Like That podcast. I am Allie, your host. This is a space where we talk about anything and question everything, so it's only right that we have this conversation today. I literally just had to go tell John, like, I'm so nervous about this episode he thought I already finished recording because I've been sitting here for so long and he's like it's all good it'll be fine don't stress um so here we go I'm already feeling better um but I am Allie your host and I it's so weird saying I grew up in church because we went to church for a little bit then stopped then I started going back my mom didn't like it was just kind of a roller coaster a little bit um But when I was in church, it definitely, in my opinion, was strict beliefs. Um, So I am coming from a background of being in church and coming from someone who's been affected by it. So um, I do want to preface with I have respect for everybody's beliefs. Um, I am not a huge fan of religion, but I respect that people have the right to believe in something that feels aligned with them and makes them feel good and happy. And I'm going to do my best to keep the attitude and vibe of this episode with the goal to just be open-minded and help you open your mind and maybe you're questioning these things and it's scary and you just need a space to hear things out and not be told things and yelled at and you should believe this and this is what it is. So I can get pretty fired up about this stuff. Um... So, yeah, I'm just going to try and stay just as calm and open-minded as possible. Um, My goal isn't necessarily to say, you're wrong, I'm right, because I've never died. I do not know what's in the afterlife. Um, It's just to be like, maybe we were taught these things from such a young age, and because there's a lot of fear around it, we were never able to question it. And now that we're older and trying to question it, it's so scary and you feel guilty. And I mean, hell is scary. I haven't even said what we're talking about. We're talking about hell and afterlife possibilities. Is hell real? What's the point of hell? Um, And that's scary because you hear your whole life, you know, if you turn away God's salvation, your only other option is hell. So, and you're told that if you believe in God, you believe in the Bible, and to believe the Bible, you have to believe all that it says, which apparently it says hell is real, so it's like if you question that, then you don't believe the Bible, which you don't believe in God. Like, it's just this whole kind of spiral of keeping you in line. Um, So, I kind of just want to start with my background a little bit and how I started questioning. I'm really going to try and stick to like my story and my experience. I can't tell you your experience. Mine might be totally different. Um, And that's another thing. I just want to set this boundary. Um, This isn't a debate. This is just a space to question and share things. And I will not engage in any um, comments like, well, my church doesn't teach that or, you know, you should try again. Um, because that is very triggering for some people. Um, it triggers just the feeling of being in church, being like, no, you have to believe this. It And it just feels invalidating. And it feels like you're not even listening um, when you say things like that. So if you are here, please just keep an open mind. Um, 
I'm having this conversation for people who are looking for deep, vulnerable, and honest conversations about this topic, um, not to say who's right or wrong. It's just to question what we've been told. Um, and I've already, you know, had my faith reconstruction, deconstruction, everything journey. So I'm also not doing this as a way to um, necessarily with the goal to come back to Christianity. That is not my goal. Um, so it's just coming from, you know, my outsider. Now that I'm on the outside, you know, what I've thought about to get me to the point where I am. Um, because I used to be very, very afraid of hell. So I'm going to do my best to stick to my boundaries, not completely trigger myself, and also create this open space for you. So now that we have that out of the way, my kind of background with church is I went to Catholic school until third grade. I have really no memory of it. I wouldn't even say any of that affected me, um, maybe subconsciously, but I don't remember really being told much about religion. I don't even think I understood it. It was just like, okay, we're going to church in the middle of a school day. You know what I mean? Um, I went to I did my communion, which you do in like second grade and all that stuff. And honestly, I'm just like, I really don't remember it. So I I was just kind of going with the flow, I guess. Um, It didn't. My church trauma, if you will. Also, just trigger warning on this whole episode. Like talking about church can be so triggering. Um, If today is not the day to listen to this episode, feel free to skip it. Like this is one of those episodes for when you're ready. So um, I've also created the energetic boundary around me with some oregano oil which is a very strong oil so feel free to tap into that energy as well (laughs) um so yeah I didn't really experience kind of like a toxic church environment until we moved to Florida and we started going to this one church and honestly I've blocked out a lot of the memories I just remember feeling like I had to I really that was the start of me trying to I guess people please in a way where I was trying to people please with God um and also I I love the people I met at that church um no disrespect to the people um except some (laughs) um but the people I know and love know that I love them so um I didn't I just remember feeling like I had to be perfect and I know a lot of people who want to debate will say, well, you don't have to be perfect for God to love you. Like, it's all about faith. Trust me. I know, like, I know the verses. I know the rebuttals. I know. But the way religion and churches portray this stuff, it can inherently make you a people pleaser, especially, you know, in my case, coming at such a young age where you are just trying to find love and acceptance and being told this is the way to live your life, to please God. The opposite of being saved is not saved, which means you go to hell. So hearing that at a young age, when you're trying to learn your truth and find things to cling to, doesn't always have the best effect that maybe you're trying to have. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just not in a place to respond to things like that either, where when I'm saying this is what I experienced and someone says, well, that's not that's not how we meant for it to be. It's like, well, that's what happened. So we're going to talk from a place of that. Um, but that's where I really started to fall into just like a, I have to do everything 
the preacher saying, you know what I mean? Like, I have to read my Bible. I have to be at church um, because that's just kind of what was portrayed. And then my family kind of stopped going to church and I can't remember for how long. Like, I can't remember if I had a gap between going to that church and going to the next church. Um, I really can't remember, honestly. But um, I started going back to church around sixth grade. Wow. I'm looking back. I really thought I started going back in like eighth grade, but I remember being in like the sixth grade club. So I was in church a lot longer than I thought. And I'm actually like really sad for myself. Like I really struggled for that long. Um, So I started going to this new church with my friend group. I adore them. I love them. They're amazing people. This is nothing against them. This is just my experience. Um, And so it was at this church that I really you know, I'm growing up, I'm going into, you know, middle school, high school, and of course, when your friend group is doing everything, you want to fit in, so I'm going to church all the time, I'm, you know, seeing them do things, and I'm wanting to do that too, because I'm like, well, of course, this is right, um, I'm following all the rules, um, and looking back, I didn't even have a relationship with God, (laughs) like, um, I just, I couldn't feel that connection, and, um, I'm telling you my background so that you can see that I'm coming from a place of, like, I really bought into this shit. Like, I really tried my best. Like, I'm not coming from a point of always having, you know, an opposing view to to religion. Like, I really, I'm, I'm coming from the same spot as you. Um, and so it wasn't until eighth grade where the effects of me being obsessively having to do things right in religion, they didn't hit me until about eighth grade. And um, I'm trying to think of how deep I want to go into this. Basically, I'll just say I developed like a severe like OCD about religion. And um, it literally ended me in the hospital one time because I could not calm down about the fact like, I didn't think I was saved and was going, I was going to hell. And, um, I remember my mom being like, okay, you need to stop going to that church. Like if it's going to make you like this. And I'm like, no, that will make it worse. Like I have to keep going to church. I have to keep doing these things. And, um, I understand not everyone's experience is that extreme, but mine was, and it just makes me sad. (laughs) Like it makes me sad. I lived my life in this box for so long. Um, and, I didn't start deconstructing the idea of hell until this past year. Um, So I've been out of church since junior year of high school. I'm 23 now. Um, And I definitely went on my deconstruction with who I thought God was, like my whole experience in the church. But I was still scared. I kind of blocked out the idea of hell. Um, Just because I feel like it was, like I remember a lot of sermons and stuff and I just don't even remember anyone just doing one like message on like just Jesus loves you and you're a good beautiful person and you are so loved it was like you are a dirty sinner who is destined for hell but luckily even though you're so undeserving God sent his son his own son in your place so you know, you should devote your life to him as a thank you. And like, looking back, it's just like, wow, you were really telling me like, I'm a piece of shit from birth, like just from a a child. And I don't even deserve the fact he rescued me. And like, you feel the guilt of like, wow, he sent his own son for me. And I don't even deserve that. So like, of course, you're going to devote your life to God. So 
looking that's the first step where i'm like what the fuck is going on like this is manipulation and then the opposite of that is if you don't choose this you go to hell um so at the time i was stuck in that fear tactic i'm sorry if this is all over the place this is like so much for me to talk about i'm trying to stay organized but um I didn't realize it was a fear tactic at the time. When you're so deep into something and you kind of just have these walls up around you of you can't think this, this is the only way. Like that's the thing with religion is like it is truth. Like you are taught this is the truth and don't question things. You have just have faith, have stronger faith. Um, so you're not even thinking like, hmm, is hell really real? It's like, oh my gosh, it's it's real and I don't want to burn in hell and I just remember, you know, after every, like, sermon, I can't remember what those are called, like, message, you know, you'd bow your head and close your eyes, and you were told, if you don't know without a shadow of a doubt of where you're spending eternity, you should pray this prayer, and that would just spiral me, like, that was one of my biggest triggers. I never, this is, like, actually, like, crazy for me to say, because I'm, like, realizing it, I never left church feeling good. That was one thing I never understood. I'd see my friends leave and be able to go to lunch with their family and just have a great preppy day. I would go home and cry and read my Bible and just be sent into this like triggered state. I never felt good after leaving church. I was scared shitless. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend and she was like, yeah, I would always leave church and just feel like this like weight on me and I'm like oh my fucking gosh me too like I felt so alone in that I was like what is wrong with me what am I doing wrong that everyone else feels peace about where they're going and I don't (laughs) um it was just not a good time and um very scary all of this is very scary because not only is it the pressure at which we're taught this it's the fact that if you don't believe it you're going to hell um And when you're on the outside of all this and you're able to look back, you're able to see clearly how it's a fear tactic. Um, Because one, for example, I realized I would never tell my child, if you don't follow the path in life I have for you, I'm destining you to burning in hell for all of eternity. That's another way that it's kind of presented is it's all of eternity, billions and billions of years. Where do you want to spend it? And when probably the biggest fear in humanity is dying and after death what's one way to control people is to say we have the answer to this we you know here's what happens if you want good eternity you go this way if you want bad you go this way so of course you're going to choose an eternity in heaven um which of course like in this conversation i also don't believe in heaven either we'll talk more about just kind of like my where my open mind has sent me about all this um but yeah it really keeps you in a fear spiral when you're told the opposite of what they're trying to get you to believe is burning in hell um which is something I'd never do to my children um so I also realized if I'm able to be more loving than God there's a problem like I don't belong here if I'm able to love people more than God loves them um based off of what Christians have presented me that's another thing I can only speak on Christianity I've only ever been in like a Christian religion um I should have prefaced with that um but it is interesting to see that so many religions are based on here's what your afterlife is going to look like and if you do this you'll have a good afterlife um that's such an easy way to get people to cling on to something 
Um, and I'm getting heated. Let me take a breath. Um, and another thing I realized with the whole, I would never tell my child, like, if you don't follow me, you'll burn in hell is I, I now don't believe in one true way of living. Um, I don't, I don't allow myself, I'm, I'm still working on it, but to subject to anything that's black and white thinking and heaven and hell is, are the extremes of that. It's the epitome of black and white thinking. And it also like perpetuates the idea that you have to live a certain way. Like if you follow God, you follow, you become the person he wants you to be, but you're also following what a, what a Christian looks like. You know what I mean? What Jesus looks like. Um, and I don't believe there's one way to for my child to grow up and want to live their life. There's so many avenues they can take, and that could be different than my other child. And I would never deem one to hell because of that or because of what they believed. Or You know what I mean? Um, side note here, but one thing that really made that click for me is I was at painting with a twist one day, which is where... Sorry. <clears throat> which is where, you know, you're painting and drinking wine or whatever, and there's a teacher, and they have a model of, like, like, they're teaching the whole class one design of what to paint, um, and they're telling you what to do. They're like, okay, now use this brush and this color, um, but at the end of the class, everyone's looks a little different, but the teacher is still like, wow, you guys all did amazing. Like everyone used, you know, different brush strokes and possibly, you know, different shades of the painting. Um, but they all got the general idea and the teacher says to everybody, you guys did great. And they take a picture and they celebrate each person. Um, and I believe that that is what life is. We all have the same pretty much common goal. We just want to get through life and enjoy it and then have a good afterlife, you know, um, and we're all going to have different, you know, ways of doing that. And all of that is okay. So um, that's just another thing about religion that I don't align with is that there's only one true way. I, I believe that is control. And it's so much easier to see on the outside than on the inside. So if you're, if none of this is like clicking with you right now, maybe take a break from this episode. That's okay. You Like you don't have to go through all this at once. It's a lot to take in. Um and so another way to get people to kind of buy into the hell idea is um, dependency and obedience. Um, John and I have been watching this documentary on Scientology, um, which is like an extreme religion. Um, thank goodness I didn't have such an extreme experience as people do in Scientology where it's just abusive and, you know, it's just a lot. But they said like the main way to get someone or like to keep a cult going is dependency and obedience. So if you think of church, people are coming in very broken, um, just looking for something to cling on to. Maybe they've been abandoned. They have a lot of um, wounds that need healing. So you come to church and they tell you God is the only one that can fill those holes. Um, God is the only way to true happiness and peace and freedom. So you depend on God for everything, right? Even a lot of times, luckily this is changing a little bit, but even with mental health issues, it's like just pray more, read your Bible more, have more faith. Everything turns back to needing God's help. Um, and then obedience. They say, you know, some ways to obey God is to 
tithe once a month, so giving your money to the church. Another way to show obedience is to serve the church. So now they have you <laughs> giving free labor to the church. Um, another way to obey God is to, you know, share the gospel with other people. So it's just this cycle of if you believe in God, you'll want to do these things for God, right? So it just keeps you in this cycle. And to keep you from kind of questioning that cycle, a key component is fear. And that's kind of where hell comes in, in my opinion. Um, Because if you think about it, if you're having these people walk on this, you know, straight line, and they don't want you to kind of waver from that, they put in fear, right? Because then you're like, oh my gosh, like, I have to believe this. Um, And that was me. I was like, I definitely don't want to go to hell. So I have to keep believing this. And I'm not even going to question it. Because if I let my mind wander, then I'm probably going to believe that. And that's going to take me away from God. And I'm going to go to hell. Everything kind of comes back to like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to hell. Um, And so that just looking back, that did not sit well with me. And I'm really really glad that I'm not going to be raising my kids in church because they're not going to grow up with these fears. They're not going to grow up with being afraid to dress him modestly or kiss a guy too long or speak their mind or fear of going to hell. They're going to be able to learn to live a full life based off what makes them happy and fulfilled and just live a beautiful life. And I'm so excited for them that they're not going to have these innate fears built into them. Um, another way that I've seen hell kind of make people do, like when you look at it, some crazy things. Um, I saw someone's Instagram story and, um, she has kind of like a Christian Instagram and someone asked her like, what's the main thing you're going to teach your children? And she said that they come into this world, like inherently as sinners. Um, but thankfully because of God, like they can be saved and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, the idea of hell and us needing to be saved from hell and living peacefully with God literally turns into people telling their pure, just beautiful souled children that they are inherently bad. And that really fucks with you. It really fucked with me. I still struggle with the idea that I am good. Like, just let that sink in. Like, people leaving the church, like, genuinely struggle with the idea that they are just inherently a good person um and they have good intentions and their heart is pure um because we've been told like we need god to rescue us from hell and um i'm really sorry this is all over the place i feel like it's turning more into a discussion about just religion (laughs) um but i didn't looking back um it it took me looking back on all this stuff to be like okay let's let's be logical let's not live in what we were taught before and seriously realize hell isn't real and that is it's a fear tactic that's what I tell myself every day um because I also think about how when I was in church um as teenagers they were telling us this stuff mind you impressionable teenagers saying like um you have the opportunity to share the gospel and Um, if you don't, like, if you know the gospel and you don't share it with someone because you're afraid or you're afraid of what they're going to think, their blood is on their, your hands if they die and go to hell. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck, like, I love, I love my family so much. I'd never want them to be in hell because I'm just too embarrassed to share the word of God. Um, and mind you, I was the girl who wore a Jesus loves you backpack in middle school. Like, please let that sink in for a second. Like, because I really was so scared to not, like, 
feel like I didn't share the Bible enough. Like, what the fuck? Honestly, like, what the fuck? Um, and so that, that also puts people in, like, lights a fire of fear under their butt to share the gospel more. So not only does the fear of hell keep us in the religion, it keeps us spreading the religion as well. That's what fuels us to go knock on random people's doors to witness or sending us to other countries, not bringing any other help or resources besides the Bible when those people need food and water and clothing and i'm not saying every missionary has bad intentions but just think about that like we kind of like i'm someone who's been on a mission trip as well and it was just like all about popularity to me and i hate that i hate it i hate it um but i really had the audacity to go to another country just to share the bible so those people don't go to hell and i can tell them you're gonna go to hell if you don't accept this and i didn't bring them food or water you know what i mean like it really just gets you doing things that don't make sense when you look back on it. And I believe like so many Christians are doing all of this and believing all of this with the purest intentions. Most of us were raised into this. So this isn't me saying like, look at those people, how ignorant. It's like, look at how this religion has shaped our minds and the things we're doing, thinking like we need to do this when really you look back and it's like, wow, it was kind of all just to keep me in line and believing the religion. Um, and I just don't align with that anymore. And I like, I hope you can hear the relief in my voice when I say like, I don't believe in hell. I don't believe I have to live my life in fear. Um, it's so interesting that I feel like a lot of Christians share, you know, we're not meant to live in fear. But then when you ask them to question these things, their responses are very robotic and kind of like the same response everyone gives it's the responses I gave John like a year ago when he asked me this stuff um and it's coming from a place of fear and people don't realize that because they're like no I'm not afraid of hell like it's not about hell for me it's about my relationship with God it's like how many times have we said that you know what I mean um when have we allowed ourselves to truly think about what we believe and why without portraying judgment on ourselves um it wasn't until john was seriously like okay cut the crap with those answers like those are the same answers everyone gives like what do you believe and i'm just like i was so scared to dive into that and i'm so glad i did um because i just live in so much more freedom like what a freaking sigh of relief to be like hell isn't real and that sigh of relief shows you how much that idea held you back from living a life that is fulfilling and good and doing things you want to do you know what I mean um I'm so fucking thankful I don't believe in hell anymore I, I just can't express that enough um um but yeah it it all starts with looking back on what you were told and trying to come from like a psychological logistic way of looking at it or this is what I started doing I'd be like what if what if I told my friends like, hey, this is what my friend said to me or like this is what John said to me or something being like if he said that I didn't fully follow him and everything he wanted me to do because he knows what's best for me, he's going to send me to hell. Like people would be like, what the fuck? Like it's so interesting when you switch the idea of like saying what, you know, God says and putting it on a person. It sounds so unhealthy 
And it's so interesting that all these ways of controlling people, including hell, has allowed so many people to be like, no, 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 like, that's not what he means. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, how many times have we said that? You know what I mean? Like, well, that's not, that's not what, that's not how it's supposed to be portrayed. You were taught wrong. Um, it's like, no, when we break it down, <laughs> he's saying, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell. Um, and that's just, when I think deeper into it too, it's like, and I know these are questions a lot of people ask, and I'm sure there's, you know, the typical Christian answer. Um, it's just like, seriously, if God is in control of everything, like, why doesn't he just get rid of hell? You know what I mean? And I'm sure it's because people would say, well, we have the choice to obey him. And it's like, well, he also decides when we die. So if he decides we die before we accept him, you know, maybe we were going to accept him next year. He was in control of making us die when we weren't saved and innately sending us to hell. So like, I just never understood that. Um, and I never understood, um, like missionaries as well, because you're told like, people are like, well, what about people who never heard about God and will they go to hell? And it's like, well, no, cause they didn't have the opportunity. So literally like, as I was going on a mission trip, I'm like, why are we coming out here telling these people about God when half of them are going to reject it? Aren't we literally sending them to hell because now they've been told the gospel and they're rejecting it. Why don't we just leave them in that ignorance? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always had, had these questions, um, but never like, actually saw it as an issue I guess um another thing I'd I'd think about too is because I was so tired of like going to church all the time dressing modest trying to not make men sin like um speaking kindly you know just all this stuff I was so tired um that I'd be like God better let me into heaven like he better not send me to hell because I've done a lot of work here (laughs) and I know a lot of people would say it's not about the work, it's about the relationship. I get that, but I was really just trying so hard. Um, And I would literally be like, I'm going to wait till I'm like on my deathbed to get saved because I want to live my life, but I still want to go to heaven. So that's another key part. I realized the only thing, literally the only thing keeping me in church was I'm scared to go to hell. And I'm like, well, if my kids aren't raised in church, they're going to go to hell and I don't want my kids to go to hell. And then I realized hell's not fucking real. I don't have to keep going to church. I don't have to project that fear on my kids, put that responsibility on my kids. I can go live a fulfilling life um, without the fear of going to hell because my heart's desires are good. Um, And I believe that they come from God. I believe that those exciting feelings of wanting to do a new project and wanting to go somewhere. I believe that that is God or the universe saying, go for it. Um, and that's an exciting thing. (laughs) Um, it's exciting that you can follow all your desires without the fear of going to hell. Um, it's exciting to expand your horizons without the fear of going to hell. It is such a weight off your shoulders that you don't even realize you're carrying. Um, so that kind of leads me to what do I believe happens now? Um, And I believe, and of course I don't know 100%, when I'm sharing this, what I believe, it's with air quotes because I don't have a solid belief anymore on anything. I have peace about things, being like, you know what, that feels aligned for me, that feels good for me, I think that's what I'm going to live in. 
but now that I'm out of church, it feels so good to not be like, nope, this is it. This is what I have to go by. Someone can tell me a new idea or a new afterlife idea tomorrow, and I could be like, you know what? I think I feel more aligned with that. I'm going to get excited about that. I don't have to defend a religion anymore. I don't have to defend my beliefs anymore. Someone can tell me their idea, and I'm like, cool. I'm really happy for you that you found something that makes you feel at peace. Um, The only thing that gets me riled up is when people say no this is what I believe and it's like do you really have you really allowed your mind to wander without saying no I can't think that or no that's wrong or I can't think that because that means I'm not trusting God like is this truly what you believe um like that is my goal for everyone to just be living what they truly believe without kind of the just that fear that you grew up with you know what I mean Is it your parents' beliefs or is it your beliefs? Anyway, I feel like I'm sounding preachy. I need to stop. Ew. (laughs) Anyway, um, so some things that I've gotten excited about. um, That's another thing. Once you stop believing in hell, you feel this excitement to dive into other ideas of what could be there. Because now it's like, oh, wow, good things could be there and they can be available to me without having to live a certain way. Um, So I'm kind of believing now or having fun with the idea that like, we're all energy and energy can't be created or destroyed and you know maybe this life we're living is the end of our true lifetime but like maybe we just kind of flow on to the next one um I'm totally open to the idea of reincarnation um or just going on to the next thing we need um I believe that like I really try and eat intuitively um I've kind of not been doing that recently but that's like one of my favorite ways to eat it's one of my favorite ways to exercise um so it's like if my body knows how to do things intuitively doesn't my soul know what it needs in the next life or after I die um so I just kind of trust that like I'm just like okay cool like I know I'll go where I'm supposed to um I still am like a little bit afraid of like how I'm going to die I feel like everyone has the fear of that but now that I have the peace that I know like once I die, like, I'm at peace and just floating on to the next thing, um, I try and believe that I won't suffer too long, um, and something that kind of solidified this for me a little bit is when I had a close friend pass away last year, and I seriously just genuinely felt his presence, and I still feel it all the time, and, um, I, I felt like he was just enjoy, like, floating, enjoying the cosmos, enjoying life um I don't believe he was just like in heaven only worshiping God and only bowing down to God like I felt like he was just at peace um and that's another cool thing to think about um is maybe like we don't get fully reincarnated but like our soul is enjoying the cosmos but also going where it needs to because like long story short right after he passed away I adopted a stray cat Um, and he was with me for like a month during like that time where I was grieving, like literally right after he passed away. Um, and then John was really allergic. So we had to give him to someone else. And I gave him to my old manager, um, who now has him. And he was the person who passed away. That was his other closest friend. Um, and then we both ended up winning this thing in the mail and it had a cat on it and it was called rest easy. Like I'll do a whole nother story on it, 
but it's like I still feel his presence in moments of my life when I need it but I also felt his presence in that cat if that makes sense um so it's like maybe partial reincarnation I don't know um but I believe that I don't necessarily believe that people who love us and have passed away are watching us all the time because I feel like a lot of people are like what if my loved ones are like watching me while I masturbate and it's like would you go back to earth to watch your loved ones while they do that no so I don't really worry about that but I feel like they pop in when needed and I just think that's so beautiful um and let's see here I have a whole list of stuff um That also brings up the conversation. Well, actually, let's keep talking about good things. Um, I encourage you to watch, like, documentaries about um, near-death experiences um, that are kind of neutral. Like, don't... I mean, you could, but I stay away from, like, Christian books about that. Um, Because my friend Chloe made a good point. Like, what if you create your own reality after death? Um, So maybe you were just taught your whole life and you have this fear of hell that you literally like perpetuate that onto yourself. Um, So it's like maybe someone who had a near death experience and went to hell, like they had it in their consciousness that that's what's going to be there. I don't know. Um, But just try and there's some good ones on Netflix, but near death experiences and people just talk about how blissful it felt and just like this peace in their soul. And maybe they went back and looked at their life I don't know um but start looking into those and looking at positive ones and being like oh wow like death is actually peaceful for people um and I also it also brings up the idea of like where do bad people go when they die and I've honestly haven't thought about that too much I don't think I'm ready to think about that that's another thing don't push yourself to figure this out all in a day or think about things, you know, 24 seven, um, that's a boundary you can set with yourself. So I'm honestly not going to talk much about that. I just trust that, um, if you're worried about where you're going to go when you die, um, then you're already a good person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if you're worried you're doing something wrong and it's going to send you to hell, you're already a good person because good, bad people don't think like that. Um, they don't think about others. They don't think about what it's going to do to them. Um, So if you're already thinking about if you're going to be good at something, you will be. (laughs) Um, Same if you're afraid you're going to be a bad parent or a bad spouse. Like if you're already thinking about that, that means you're willing to do the work. Um, So I just feel like we should all just live full, good, happy lives without the innate fear sitting on our backs of where we'll go because that takes away the joy of why we're here. Um, I talked about this on Chloe's podcast we're all so concerned about the afterlife, like, rightfully so, of course, like, that's totally valid, um, but we forget that, like, we're here on earth for a reason, and, like, when I said that, I'm like, wow, I honestly haven't totally thought about, like, what, why am I here in this human experience, um, and I believe that the universe or God or whoever also understands that we are humans in this human experience, and we're allowed to enjoy it, um, so go to parties, make mistakes, do fun things. I'm trying to let myself do that too without feeling this guilt. Um, but I understand we're all trying to, you know, be our highest self and stuff, but we've lived in so much fear of where we're going to spend our afterlife. And if we're going to live to our fullest potential that we forget that we're able to just like eat popcorn and watch 
trash reality TV and like do human things. So give yourself that permission um, to just kind of enjoy the idea of thinking you're not going to be eternally punished for all the decisions you make here. (laughs) Um, Let yourself be human. Um, And I think I'm going to end with that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's so much more to talk about. There's so many things you could debate and all this stuff, but I'm just going to keep going with the idea that I can trust myself and my heart and, you know, what I believe and that it's a good thing. So give yourself the same permission as well. I love you so much and I will see you next week. Please, please leave a rating or review if you'd like and if you enjoyed this week's episode and meet me in my DMs on Instagram if you have any other topic ideas.